0: Thank you for tonight. We ask you to bless this time. Lord, as we get into the word, <clears throat> the word of God is so important. We need your word, and I pray that you'll anoint me tonight and speak through me fresh, just a fresh anointing, a fresh word from heaven. But let your word go out, Lord. Let it be the washing of the water of the word of God in people's lives. Lord, let it shine forth like light into dark places and dispel all the darkness all the lies all the deception any pet doctrines any uh, you know doctrines of demons any of that garbage let the light of truth go forth and dispel the darkness and bring revelation bring truth Let your word Lord go out as a, a powerful hammer that will break down the strongholds Lord let it be as you say it is the sword of the spirit to cut away what needs to go and pierce through and um, we pray that it will be living seeds of truth, like the parable of the seed and the sower, but your seeds will be sown in a good fertile soil of hearts and minds and lives that have been made ready by the Spirit of God, and that your Holy Spirit will water those seeds of truth in people and cause them to take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until the Lord comes. But we ask you, Lord, let everything be accomplished through this time in your word that it is your will to be done. Lord, I I feel like we just need this tonight. This is that there be something special on this word. And at the end, uh, we're going to do something different. I pray that this would be really powerful tonight in Jesus name. In every life, we need this. Lord, I feel you want to do a deep, rich anointing tonight to help bring healing to broken homes. Not just now, but in the days to come, even amongst single people here, that there's going to be an anointing and a grace um, for um, really healthy, blessed homes. And let it come, Lord. And let there be a, a shift. So I'm going to have Dad come speak of Father's blessing. It's going to be very powerful. It's a big deal. Lord, I pray that that blessing, even those that are here in this recording, um, this is for you as much as anybody else. that, this blessing, one of the most powerful things, Derek Prince said, one of the most powerful things that can happen to somebody is that a father would bless them in the scriptures. That was so powerful. And he's going to stand tonight in proxy as a father for everyone here and speak a blessing. And, Lord, I pray that that will release powerful generational blessings into people's families that will shift things into your perfect will in every way. And not only limited to relationships, but in health, and finances, and every other way. We thank you, Lord. I believe it's going to be tonight. There's there's going to be something set in motion that's really going to bring some change in the days to come. So we bless you, Lord, and thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, we believe now. All right, I want to talk about healing a broken home and talk about stability. I'm just going to go through this and, and go kind of quickly, so please follow me and... May the Lord help all of us to have eyes to see and ears to hear and get everything out of this. All right, so number one, I'm going to talk about a double-minded man. In James 1.8, it talks about how a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You ever read that? And I've seen that very strongly. I've seen that in the scriptures, and I've seen it um, as I've pastored down through the years. I've seen where there are certain people that are just unstable. Very unstable. Usually when somebody's unstable, they're very unstable. This can be applied in different ways. Some people, um, if you read this in context, it talks about us asking God and not wavering, but believing. And he said those that uh, waver, you know, don't don't expect to receive from the Lord. You know, you you've got to pray and believe God. Amen. There's got to be a faith factor. And some people... It's almost like maybe because of insecurity or whatever it is internally, but it's almost like they expect that they're not going to get an answer when they pray. And that's, in, that's unstable in all your ways right there. That's one way that we can see instability. But in regards to a family structure, there's people that are very, very unstable. And this can take a toll on a marriage and a family big time. Now, let me just share with you what I've seen. I've seen where there's someone that just simply won't hold down a job. They're they're unstable. They go from job to job. You look over their life, and they never stay in one place very long. I've seen where they're constantly moving around. They've never been grounded, and they're very dependent on others to take care of them. Because they're unstable. They have to have people kind of coddle them, people to financially help them. Um, they're not really able to be independent on their own because they've been so irresponsible and unstable. Also, where they're church hoppers. And I thank God because my parents growing up were very stable. You know, I didn't ever have to worry about the fact that um, they were talking about divorce. You know, thankfully, we didn't have to deal with that. Um, we didn't move around a whole lot. Uh, my parents didn't switch jobs a whole lot. We didn't church hop. Uh, we, were, we were stable. And because of that, there, it helped produce a lot of stability in me and, and my siblings as well, but there's there's a stability in that. Let me tell you that whenever you have that instability, and always moving around. People are irresponsible. They're bouncing around everywhere. They can't get grounded anywhere. Man, it takes a terrible toll on the children. Now, I remember I can give you one example that I saw for myself. There was a young lady, and uh, her family was that way. They didn't stay in one place very long, especially when it came to church. They were in and out of different churches because of stupid reasons. You know, they just get offended about something little and leave. And then, you know, they would make their whole circle through the city and end up back up in the same place again. But they were just like that, unstable. Well, when she got older, she had a brother and sister. When she got older, she got married and then had an affair and got real goofy and all that stuff. And and I remember that the pastor that was kind of the one that they would always make their rounds and end up back to him, um, he just simply said that in such a loving pastoral way, you know, but he said to me, he said, "You know, when somebody grows up unstable their whole life, they're not stable when they get old." And it's sad, but it's true. And it can have a terrible effect on on children. So also when instability sets in, um, let me tell you, when that's there, there's a lot of times that a spouse of somebody like that or their children there'll be an issue with fear in them because they don't know what tomorrow holds. Where are we going to be tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow? And they're scared. Also, when there's instability like that, I've seen most of the time. In fact, I haven't seen a time yet where this wasn't the case, but the demonic realm would begin to manipulate people and you, I could see it and they would be out of church at a key time when God could have really done something in them. Or, not I mean, it, a specific service or out of church. I've seen people where God, Sandy will testify this, where God spoke clearly to them that they were supposed to be here, but they're not here. It's unstable. So everything God's doing that they were supposed to be here for They've missed out. Think about how serious that really is in light of eternity. So it's, the, it's like the demonic realm comes in, and there's are spiritual things that now sees that instability, that double-mindedness, that wavering in life, and they go. it's kind of like they come in and go, okay, well, let's make sure that this person is going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and miss so much that God had for them. But somebody that's stable and they've got their roots down deep, and they've made up their mind, come hell or high water, whatever the enemy tries to throw, I'm not being moved unless God moves me, okay? Those type of people, man, they're going to be rock solid. God's going to be able to really use them, and they're going to be really fruitful for the kingdom. See, you can't have a tree be a healthy tree that's always being jerked up out of the ground and replanted. You guys ever had to repot a plant? My wife is, you know, does a lot with plants. She's got a green thumb. But anyway, I've seen where we, you know, she repotted a plant, and it would look like it was about to die, but then it would start reviving again. You can't have a healthy plant that you're constantly repotting. And every time God wants to come in and deal with something that's not right, uh, those type of people, it's like the enemy manipulates them. When they get upset, out they go, and they keep their stuff. They never get beyond... That same issue, because every time God tries to deal with it, they up and run. Whether it's in a marriage, whether it's friends or family that try to tell them in a loving way, look, I see this in you, out they go, they're offended, they don't want to hear it. Um, Or it could also be in a church setting, but if they could just get grounded somewhere and let God do a work in them. But there's got to be stability. This is serious. There's some people that because they're so unstable and the the demonic now has really been at work, they seem very confused. They don't have a lot of wisdom. They don't have the clear leading of the Holy Spirit anymore. They just seem to be very confused. They, you know, and God, and the reason why is because God has spoken to them in times past, but they, they didn't listen and they didn't follow through. Let me tell you how to get back in the will of God. Go back to the last place God spoke to you and start there. Because see, God, they were at a fork in the road and God said, go left, and they went right. And now it's like there's ever-increasing confusion in their life. Is this making sense tonight? But I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen marriages really struggle bad because of this. Families struggle bad. So God's wanting us to become stable Get in one place, get our roots down, and let him do a work in our lives. All right, the next point I want to make, because I'm dealing with families. This is very, very serious. You know, let let me stay here just for a moment. When we were growing up, my parents only changed churches one time in my entire life growing up, one time. And it was because we moved to a whole other city quite quite a ways and we couldn't attend that church or they wouldn't have done it. I mean, that was just, there was such a stability there. And my father was in uh, the post office. He retired there 33 years, right? was there the whole time. I mean, I, that's all that he did. He was stable. He wasn't jumping from one job to the next. We didn't know what we were going to eat from one day to the next. We didn't know if we were going to pay the bills from one day to the next. We didn't know if we were going to get kicked out of our house or not. We didn't live like that. There was stability. All right. The next point I want to make is this. We need God's presence in our lives. I cannot tell you how serious this really is. I'm I'll say this for a broken home. I'm not I don't want to say emphatically, but I think it's going to be extremely difficult to see a real powerful healing without the presence of the Lord coming in. But when the presence of the Lord comes into a family, God can do a tremendous healing. But if his presence is absent, You're dealing with a lot of hardening of the heart. Let me show you some things. True humility and repentance paves the way for God's presence. How many of you guys would say, I want God's presence in my life and in my home? Now, next week, I'm going to deal with atmosphere. Well, maybe not next week. The next sermon I do on this, I'm going to deal with atmosphere in your home. But let me show you something. In Matthew 19, verse 8, Jesus said to them, it's because of your hardness of your heart that Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it has not been this way. The hardness of the heart. You know what softens people's hearts? The presence of God. And for people to, to, you look at your home and go, look, man, we've, we've got a lot of issues. We've got to get a healing in our family. You need the presence of God. Now, Rodney Howard Brown is hilarious. Okay, he has an anointing for joy anyway, but he's hilarious, his jokes and things. So, you know, it's like you have no chance if you sit in his meetings. If If you've got any sense of humor at all, if you're not just dead, you know, if you've got vital signs, you're going to be laughing, right? But anyway, he was saying one time in his meetings, I laughed so hard, but he was being dead serious at this point. But he was talking about how, He said that God first filled him with the Holy Spirit. And then as he was really filled up, God did a work in him. But he made this statement. He said, once I got my wife filled with the Spirit, he said, now I don't have any problems anymore. (laughs) But what he was saying there was God did a work in me first. He filled me and changed me. And then he filled and changed my wife. And that affected our whole marriage. Is that in the scriptures? Yep, I'll show you. It says in 1 Samuel 10, 6, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon... Samuel was prophesying to Saul. He said, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with the prophets, okay? And you will be changed into a different person. Saul had been a person that was out in the fields working just regular job, but God, God called him to be the king and God knew that he was going to have to have a change in his heart. He's going to become a different person. So the Lord got him around the prophets where the Spirit of God was moving. So you need to bring a broken family where the Spirit of God is moving. Get them in a church where the Spirit is really moving, real powerful. And Saul went up there and he was with those prophets. They were going up this high place, this mountain or whatever, to worship God. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he was changed. All right? And also New Testament, Ephesians 5.18. Paul said, don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Debauchery is just sinful living. Okay? But instead, he said, be filled with the Spirit. Now, it's interesting to note that right after Paul said this, he started talking about the family structure. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, obey your parents. He went right into that. So this is the statement he made right before he started talking about the family. He said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. He was saying there, if you want, first off, you need to be filled with the Spirit. Okay, now, once you're filled with the Spirit, all right, husbands, you're going to be able to love your wives right. Wives, you're going to be able to submit to your husbands right. Children, you're going to be able to honor your parents like you should because you're filled with the Spirit. That's what he's saying in context. But see, here's the thing. For us to get the Spirit of God to come and His presence into our lives and our homes, we're going to have to really humble ourselves. I've been saying throughout this whole series, don't focus on other people and your family's faults because everybody's got faults. Humble yourself before God and say, God, change me. Do a work in me. If everybody will have that attitude, it will transform your family. But here's the thing. Don't have prideful apologies where somebody goes to that person and goes, well, I'm sorry, you just don't understand. <laughs> That's a prideful apology. That's not a real apology. We all know. Um, and don't have a hardened heart of unforgiveness. Really sincerely ask God's forgiveness for anything in your life that's not right and really sincerely humble yourself and ask forgiveness toward your spouse. See that's humble. And some people have more pride than others. And pride is, is the reason why there's strife. It says in the book of Proverbs, but by pride but by strife, I'm sorry, but by pride comes strife. And so strife is there because of the pride in somebody. But if people will really humble themselves before God, say, Lord, forgive me for my sin, and then go to their their spouse and, and make things right and just say, listen, I'm really sorry about the things I've been doing, and I just want you to forgive me. When people do that, they'll get right with God and get right with each other. Then the Spirit of God, you can ask, Lord, let your Spirit begin to fill our homes, fill our lives. We need to be filled with the Spirit. But as long as people are prideful and there's strife, it's going to hinder that. That's the key, is humility. Some people, for whatever reason, have an easier time humbling themselves than others. Everybody's got their their stuff, okay? Everybody's got their, their rough edges. But if yours happens to be pride, really ask God to help you to fill you with the Spirit, because the Spirit of God, one of the, the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is humility. But ask the Holy Spirit, let Him fill me with humility and help me to be more of a humble person, that I can sincerely humble myself before God and sincerely humble myself before people and ask their forgiveness if I need to. Because when people are humble like that, man, it will make a way for the presence of God to come with great power, Okay. So my first point is there's got to be stability to heal a family. They're going to have to get established somewhere. They're going to get established in their, their job, their home, in a good church where God's moving. They've got to get established. If, if there's instability everywhere, it's going to be a problem. Secondly, we need the presence of God big time. So begin to really pray and seek God for his presence, but you're going to have to make the way for it. You're going to have to repent before God of anything in you and make things right in your family. Then God will come. All right, the third point is this, spiritual warfare. Remember this phrase, or remember these, these words right here, a divisive spirit. Don't ever forget that. There, Satan's number one goal is to divide. And The Bible says a kingdom divided can't stand. Satan's number one goal is to divide churches and divide families. That's what he's after. So he will send whatever label you want to give it. You want to give it a Jezebel spirit or whatever else. But ultimately, it's a divisive spirit trying to come into a family. Remember that phrase. Because a divisive spirit may be a spirit of divorce. It may be a spirit that has to do with rejection and victim where there's a lot of feeling rejected, feeling like a victim and causing a lot of contention there. But it's going to come. Whatever spirit it is, it's coming to divide. And if you will recognize that and and realize, you know, my wife or the wife saying about, you know, her husband or the kids, the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So in actual fact, as mad as I may be at you, the truth is that you're not my enemy and I'm not your enemy, and we're going to have to turn side by side and confront our enemy, which is the demonic realm. As long as those divisive spirits have got us focused on each other and fighting with each other, they're sitting back laughing, and they're winning the battle. But the second that that husband and wife say, look, we may have our disagreements about some things, but bottom line is the devil's trying to cause strife. The devil's behind this stuff. Let's join hands and pray. Amen? And once you come together in unity and start taking authority over that thing, say, I bind these divisive spirits that's trying to bring rebellion in our young people, that's trying to cause strife in our marriage. Whatever it is, I bind these divisive spirits. I command you to get out now in Jesus' name. Go from this family. And once you begin to talk like that, you're going to start feeling the atmosphere, start changing. But as long as you're fighting with each other, it's going to be working for Satan's purposes. So let me show you this in the Scriptures in Matthew eighteen fifteen. It's very interesting here. It says, now this is how to deal with church problems in the body, okay? But I'm showing you this for a reason. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. So here you've got this issue between two people. If he listens to you, you've won your brother over. But if he does not listen to you, then look at this. Take one or two more with you. So by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. And then verse 17, if he refuses to listen even to them and tell it to the church, if he refused to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector, meaning you just excommunicate him and quit fellowshipping with him. For truly I say to you, now here's the thing. Now I want you to notice this, this is important. Jesus is saying here that here's these con- conflicting problems between brothers in Christ. Two people not getting along. They have a difference. Somebody has sinned somebody's wronged another person, and now you've got this tension between two people. They're bringing witnesses and there's this conflict going on in the church. Now look at what Jesus says here in verse 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Jesus is trying to say the reason this stuff is going on is because you need to bind the divisive spirits that are causing the conflict. If you're just trying to treat it in the natural, then you're liable to suffer some loss that's unnecessary. Sometimes there's unrepentant people and they just have to go. There's nothing to do about that. But there are times when there can be a healing there, but you're going to have to bind the divisive spirits that are at work. And then Jesus says, look at this, in verse 19, he says, now whatever you bind will be bound. Now look at this. If two of you will agree on earth about anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Pray. He's saying there's division. Bind the enemy and pray about it corporate prayer if you come together and pray then i can heal i can restore for where two or three have gathered in my name i am in their midst his presence this little paragraph sums up so much doesn't it jesus is saying look there's going to be conflict but if you will bind the enemy if you'll pray I can change it. And he said, I will come into your midst. And when Jesus comes in and his presence comes in, he'll soften hearts and heal relationships. And be consistent about it. Some people have a broken home and it's not necessarily going to be fixed in one day. You say, well, I prayed about it yesterday. I bound the enemy yesterday. Well, this isn't going to be something that's always a quick fix. It may be, you may be looking at the next several months, even a couple years, to really get everything where it needs to be. You need to keep binding the enemy. You need to keep praying and fasting and agreeing together. And you need to keep asking God to send his presence and soften hearts. That's the thing. If we will really forgive like we should and let God soften our hearts, a lot of things will get cleared up right there. That was one of the things that really marks revival as well. When the Spirit of God comes with great force like that in revival, um, I remember this pastor, I I think it was at Brownsville, but I remember him saying that he was walking all these people out under the power of God just weeping. And he was walking and he he would see, sometimes he would see a whole family under the power. And he said he remembered seeing teenagers telling their parents, I'm really sorry for the way I've been acting. They were crying. You see, when the Spirit of God came and softened their hearts, it healed that family. You can have it at home. You can have the presence of God that's here tonight in your house. And I'm going to talk about that next time I preach. I'm going to talk about the atmosphere of your home. All right, but what we've got to do is we've got to resolve it in ourselves to break old patterns. Now, I'm going to start closing this thing out, but the things I'm saying are very important, so try to lock in. You've got to be willing to break old patterns. The enemy knew that if he could push this button, it would tick you off really good, and now you've got to realize, you know what? I'm just not going to allow that to tick me off anymore, and I'm going to learn to bite my tongue. I'm going to learn to count to 10 I'm going to learn to leave the room and go pray if I've got to. But I'm not going to keep losing it at this point anymore. I'm going to break old patterns. Self-control. Is that in the Bible? Absolutely. It's a fruit of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit. Some people say, I can't do it. I know. There's a lot of things in Christianity that honestly we can't do. That's the truth. There's a lot. But we can say, Lord, I can't do it in my flesh. But I humble myself and ask you for the grace to help me. And the Spirit of God within you will rise up and help you. And you'll be able to have self-control like you never have before. But that's very important. You also got to be willing to unify your family in prayer. I'm going to tell you, I preached on this in past sermons along these lines. Remember, I talked about the harmony of heaven. I talked about how you make up a chord, C-E-G makes up the C chord, and And when people are in harmony like they're supposed to be, it's like this beautiful sound before God. That's the thing. If we can come together, husbands and wives and and children, come together and pray together about things, it doesn't have to be some extended all-night prayer meeting, okay? But if you can come together and just agree together about some stuff, unified prayer in a home is extremely powerful. And here's the next one is speaking blessings. If you want things to change, you're going to have to stop cursing it, and you're going to have to start blessing it. If you keep speaking negative, don't be surprised if it never changes. But if you'll stop speaking negative, and like a priest of God, like we're supposed to be, lift up your hands and begin to speak over your home, the atmosphere of your home, begin to bless your spouse, begin to bless your children, begin to bless your time together, begin to bless your finances, whatever it is, begin to speak blessings on a consistent basis. You're going to gradually start seeing things shift. That's something from our Hebrew roots. If you do a study um, that in in Judaism, there's blessings everywhere. Continually speaking blessings. Every week on Sabbath, there's a speaking of blessings over their family. Every day there's, there's blessings that they speak to God and speak, over their lives, okay? So blessings are a big deal. And if you read the Bible, blessings are very powerful. You see them all through the scriptures, Old and New Testament. Blessings will shift things. Also, you may need some good counseling, but you need to go to godly Christian counseling. Okay? Don't go to secular means, because I'm telling you, it can get weird. And they're not going to understand biblical principles. They definitely won't understand order in the home. They're going to think that that's oppressive or something. They're not. They're going to tell you not to do that. So you need to go to godly, biblical-based counseling that's going to teach you the Bible and what pleases God. All right, and here's the last couple things. You're going to have to have a fresh start. There's going to have to be a clean slate. This may be one of the most important things I'm mentioning here tonight in this sermon is you've got to be willing with your spouse come into agreement and say, we, from this moment forward, we're going to apologize about everything we need to, to God and each other, and we're going to let it go, and we're going to ask God to wash it away, and God give us a clean slate. We're going to start fresh tomorrow. That doesn't mean we're perfect. That doesn't mean we're not going to make some mistakes but we're not going to keep bringing up the past or living in the past any longer. We are now going to start fresh. And if people are willing to do that, it will really change things. Too many people are living in the past. They keep bringing it up, talking about living in it. But clear out the old. Sometimes that's hard, but clear it out and start fresh. And here's the last couple points. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says a gentle or a soft answer will turn away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Somebody's tone of voice, somebody's attitude can really change the atmosphere of an entire room and it doesn't even take long to do it. The Bible says a harsh word will stir up anger. it'll just stir, It's like kindling a fire. But a soft answer, a gentle answer can calm everything down. Let me tell you something. Jesus said this. He said, Blessed are the peacemakers, they'll be called sons of God. You know what the difference with a son? Why does it say a son? Because a son is no longer a little child, not no longer an infant. And God's saying, if you've learned to be a peacemaker, then I can trust you because now you've graduated from being a little child with childish things, then now I can trust you with some responsibility because now you're mature and you're somebody that's matured in the faith where you can calm down situations and be a peacemaker in my kingdom. But we've got to be willing to be those peacemakers and to put things behind us and quit bringing it up, start fresh, but inner healing. Remember, I talked about this in a previous sermon, but we've got to be willing to forgive all the way from our hearts, not superficially. Some people say, well, I forgive you, but they, they harbor it. You've got to really forgive from the heart and let it completely go. And, Lord, pray, Lord, forgive me for judging this person or anyone, and let the blood of Jesus just come in between me and any sowing and reaping, because when you judge, it's coming back on you. So if, if you keep harboring unforgiveness and you keep judging the person, it's going to create a cycle of destruction in your life and marriage you got to be willing to really forgive from your heart and quit judging and say lord forgive me for judging and let the blood of jesus block this cycle this sowing and reaping that's been there of it backlashing on me that this cycle will stop and give me the grace now to walk in forgiveness and love the way i need to and let god heal these wounds within you pray lord Get all this hurt and pain, all this bitterness, all this stuff out of me. Wash this out of my heart. But you have to forgive everybody first. And you have to ask forgiveness for judging people first. But once you do that, Lord, cleanse all this hurt out of me. Some people, the reason why they keep acting the way they're acting is because deep down they're wounded. They're hurt people. And, Lord, heal these wounds. Take this out of me. And then the last couple things I would say is this. Um... Inner vows and judgments, ask forgiveness. Some people have said things like this throughout their life. Maybe they got hurt and they said, I will never be like so and so. I will never do that. But they don't understand that that's a form of judging. It's an inner vow, and it can create a backlash where later on in life you'll do that very thing you said you'd never do. And it's bizarre, but you you see it happen. And you realize it's a biblical principle that you've judged, and now it's coming back. It's a sowing and reaping thing. And you need to ask God, forgive me, Lord, for any of these inner vows I've made in judgments against people. Some people have spoken things, and they need to ask God to unlock that. I remember hearing a story about a woman whose uh, family had a lot of children and her parents were going through really difficult times financially. So both of them ended up working um, long hours and they were gone. And so she ended up basically having to help to raise all of her siblings. And she would sit there out of frustration um, and say things how, man, I never want kids. And she kept saying stuff like that. Uh, She was so frustrated with things. She kept saying it. Well, later on in life, she forgot all about that. She became a Christian, got married, and now she was quite a bit older and she wanted to have children and she couldn't get pregnant. She was asking the Lord about it and she went to a pastor and the pastor had wisdom. And he asked her, he said, has there ever been a time in your life where maybe you spoke a curse over yourself, you kept speaking something negative about being pregnant and having children? And she said, oh, my goodness. She said, yeah, I remember. And she said, I didn't just say it once. I, I said it a thousand times. And he said, you need to break that. And so they prayed together, and she renounced that, those words and said, Lord, forgive me for speaking this over myself. I didn't realize what I was doing, but forgive me. And I renounced saying those words over my life. I break that curse off me now in Jesus' name. And you know after that meeting she got pregnant? So sometimes it's these inner vows and judgments and these words that have been spoken that are holding people back. And here's the last couple of points: focus on the positive that's in your spouse, not the negative. Are y'all hearing me about that one? Because listen, the Bible says, "Do unto others as you'd have them do to you." Do you do you want your spouse focusing on the negative in you? Because everybody has faults. And we want other people to not focus on our faults, don't we? So we need to do the same to others and don't focus on that. Focus on the positive and build them up. And if you see something negative, then pray for them and bless them. Let God do it. And the very last thing I'll say is this. Don't make your spouse pay for what others have done to you. I really believe that people bring baggage into their marriage. And because they've had something happen to them in the past, that they take it out on their spouse who had nothing to do with it. But they take that out on them, and it brings something into that marriage that's very hurtful. Don't take out on your spouse what others have done. If you had somebody cheat on you in the past, then don't be this overly jealous person that's sitting around, you know, accusing your your husband or whatever of all these different things when he didn't even do anything. Seriously, it's happened and it's resulted in divorces. Don't bring into your marriage blaming others or taking out on others what the pain of your past. You need to forgive your past and get healed of that and don't impose that on your family. So all these points mixed with other things I've already preached and things I'm going to preach in the near future, I believe can help heal a broken family, okay? So here's what I want to do, and I want to make sure and get this on the recording. But I want my dad to come and speak this Father's blessing, okay? And I want you all to hear me. In the Bible, one of the most powerful and important things that can happen to you is that a father spoke a blessing over you. Okay, Derek Prince pointed that out. I don't know if I mentioned that already in this sermon. I'm sorry, but I did mention it earlier today, but I want to make sure and get it on this sermon. But Derek Prince pointed out that according to the Scriptures, one of the most powerful things that can ever happen to you is that a father would bless you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to ask the Lord to have my dad stand in proxy tonight as your dad. Okay? And those that are listening, because there's people that listen to this, from other parts of the nation, other parts of the world. I want you to really release your faith with me. We've actually had my dad do this and speak of Father's blessing. And I've actually had people that were set free and literally delivered of things just from that. Isn't that awesome? And here's what we're going to believe. We're going to believe when he speaks this blessing out that God is going to settle this like a, like a dew from heaven, like a gentle rain, that this blessing is going to settle over your life. And here's what's going to happen. God is going to form in your life generational blessings that are going to cancel out the curses and it's going to set something in motion that's going to begin to change things in your family. Okay, believe with me. Believe with me today. And so, Lord, I pray, as my dad's about to speak this blessing right now, Lord, I'm asking you, And everybody's agreeing with me here, but I'm asking you, Lord, that you would allow him to stand in proxy as a father to those that are hearing this. And Lord, that these words, this blessing, will go out and settle upon them and their family and their descendants. And Lord, will create generational blessings in their health generational blessings in their relationships, generational blessings in their finances, and in every other area that now where there once was curses, that is all going to be purged completely out. We destroy that stuff, command to leave in Jesus' name. But now there's going to be blessings that are going to begin to work. And I'm asking you, Lord, that these blessings would be at work to bring healing to families, healing to broken homes, Healings even where people have been estranged from one another. We're believing that there will be a move of healing and health and life in Jesus' name. Set this in motion. We ask you, Lord, that tonight this will release something in this ministry and release something to those hearing that's not going to ever stop until Jesus comes because once a blessing is given, it cannot be taken back. Isaac could not take it back off of Jacob. He said that. I've already blessed him. It's already done. Once this is set in motion in your life, nothing will ever stop it. It's set in motion for the rest of your life. And, Lord, let this be released tonight. We believe together. We bind the enemy, command to go. We break all this stuff off, people. And we release now blessings in every area of their life. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it. The
1: Lord bless you men to be as Ephraim and Manasseh and women to be as Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. I bless you to have a long, healthy life. No sickness or disease will come near you, and you will live in perfect health. I bless you with financial prosperity and abundance. May the works of your hands be blessed and prosperous, and you be successful in all things. And as the Bible says, may you be the head, not the tail, the top, not the bottom. May you have the ability to gain wealth and have durable riches on all that you own. May every place the soles of your feet tread. God give you victory. I bless you that the angels of the Lord continually be with you to minister to you and to protect you. And God always give you victory over Satan's kingdom and all things. May you have peace and favor with all people and complete victory over all your enemies. I bless your marriage, your family, and all relationships be filled with peace. May they be wonderful, satisfying, and fulfilling for you. May your home be a place of God's peace and his presence, and the sounds of joy and laughter be heard in them, and unconditional love be consistent in them. May you and your spouse be godly and virtuous in all ways. May all your children grow up, grow up godly and bring honor to your family name. May you enjoy your children, and they honor, obey, and respect you. May you have mental and emotional health and well-being as you live a righteous life before the Lord. And God give you the grace to forgive everyone from your heart. I bless your night's rest to be sweet in God's presence. May you continually walk in the fullness of the freedom, victory, and dominion that Jesus paid for you to have at the cross. May you have clear direction and leading of the Holy Spirit, wisdom from the Lord, spiritual discernment, In a controlled and disciplined life, courageous, faithful, boldness, peace, happiness, fulfillment, contentment, hope, and a good outlook on life. A listening ear to God, knowledge of God's word, an obedient heart to God's word, a pleasant personality, pleasant speech, protection, provision, safety, and an assurance of God's love and grace. Strength and the grace to live a righteous life and succeed in all things. May the Lord make you and keep you healthy and strong physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. May any weakness in your life become a strength in Christ. And as the Bible declares for you, may the blessings of Abraham, every spiritual blessing in Christ, and the promises of God be yours. May goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life, and you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and lift his countenance upon you and establish your life in his peace and manifest presence. So now may these blessings come upon you, your family, and your descendants. I bless you now in the name of Jesus.
0: Yes, Lord, let it come. Settle upon people right now. I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving right now. And, Father, I pray for those that are listening to this, um, whether it's a podcast or live stream or whatever on the website, that that settle on you now. I want you to receive that by faith. We, My dad and I are agreeing together. Let that settle upon him right now. Stamp it upon him in Jesus' name. Brother Zach, I want to go ahead and shut down recordings, put on some worship, and I'm going to need, I'm going to need help real quick from somebody and be a catcher. But I want Dad to help me. We're going to pray right now while the Holy Spirit's moving like this that that blessing, that generational blessing and that anointing. And, Lord, I pray that there be an anointing Settle upon people right now.